Are you ready to start living the life of your dreams? Are you ready to invite the magic, the stories and the lessons to take your life to the next level? I'm Nicole Winley, and I love to empower people to discover their dreams and to ignite their lives. Because when you feel good, when you believe in yourself, success and achievement are just around the corner. Ain't nothing fabricated here. It's real stories from real people to guide you through life's ups and downs. Let today be the start of something new. Let today be the day that you change any belief that limits you. Welcome to Believe and Achieve It. Welcome, welcome to another episode of Believe It, Achieve It. I am your host, Nicole Winley, and I'm super excited because my guest co-host today, or should I say, who I'm handing the mic to today, (laughs) we're totally turning the tables, I have Janet Finneman here. (laughs) So, guys, so I am really, really turning the tables today. I'm giving Janet the lead. So I have been revamping Believe It, Achieve It. I have had my podcast out now a year. So I'm like, it's time to take it like to the next level, right? Like to just give it that extra something, right? To just really change lives, right? This is the whole point of Believe It, Achieve It. And so Janet and I were talking and I was like, oh my gosh, I think it's time to really show people who I was, who Nicole Winley was when I started my life-changing journey. And so I'm about to get real and raw and vulnerable and let Janet (laughs) take the lead. And we're going to talk about, you know, when I was at my rock bottom, and it was nine years ago, I would say, when I was, you know, in that awful evening one night where I honestly... I don't want to say I was suicidal by any means, but I didn't want to wake up, you know? So it was one of those nights and I was up crying and pacing and smoking cigarettes. I won't lie. (laughs) You know, self-medicating. Right. Uh And uh, I, it was not Google back then, Janet. What was was it? I don't even know what our search was 10 years ago. Yellow pages. (laughs) And uh, I looked up therapist near or therapist in Jacksonville Beach and quite a few popped up. (laughs) And I was drawn to your little blurb, I guess, or write up. I don't even know what it was on, but it certainly wasn't Google. I didn't get a picture and a whole thing and reviews. I didn't get any of that. And I thought, why not leave a message in the middle? because they won't answer right nobody's gonna answer in the middle of the night so I left a message I have no idea what I said to you (laughs) called me back and that's where this little journey little I don't want to say little this massive journey that led me to where I am now kind of got started so let's go back to here comes Nicole (laughs) <laughs> on her first first appointment with mm-hmm. with you <laughs> it'd be interesting to see to hear this you guys <laughs> <laughs> well I'm so glad to do this right I'm so glad that you're willing to do this because I do think people look at you uh, probably me to some degree right or anybody who seems like they like themselves relatively well and seems sort of happy in their life. I think when we're not happy, we tend to look at whoever is happy and think 
they're different. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. their life has been easier. They were just born with more opportunity or mm-hmm. a different brain chemistry or right something that the reason I'm struggling is because there's just something deficient in me and these people who are doing well, that they're just luckier than me somehow. And so I love your example being out there, right? Of showing people that they can be happy. But I think for everybody who's just sort of dropped into your life in the last few years, they don't see the full story. So I hope that this kind of really helps everybody to see that whatever you're going through right now, wherever you are, Mm -hmm. whatever the reasons are for your suffering, however complicated or big or small they are, there is a way out. There is a way out. And that if you do the work, that it it works, Mm. (laughs) right? Yeah. For for everyone. And then it's no joke, right? Like this product, that's the other thing that I hope people see too, is I think, I always think of the Seinfeld where they talk about yada, 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 you know what I mean? And it's like, Right. So, well, she called a therapist, yada, yada, yada. Right. Well, let me tell you that, you know, that yada, yada, yada is years, which everybody's going to see in this series, right? That it's, I mean, it's a winding road. It's years, it's work, it's setbacks. And it's not like a walk in the park. It's not, it's not easy. It's, I think people sometimes in the waiting room will hear us in there laughing and you know what I mean? Sometimes people will come in and they'll be like, man, I don't know. It's a lot of pressure. You guys were having so much fun. Therapy's so hard for me. Like, what's the, what's the problem? But it's it wasn't like, easy. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. And you right. know, what? I visualize when I tell my story and I'm like glowing. Right. But when I tell it and I talk about doing the work, I literally like visualize <laughs> digging my hand, like fingernails, right. Clawing through pavement and yeah. asphalt. Yeah. And rah, 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 rah. It's not easy. <laughs> You really did. Yeah. It, it is. It is not easy. Right. So the Nicole that I met this, like the giggle that you have, like I never saw a giggle from you. It wasn't that there weren't, there wasn't laughter, but it was always kind of like this sarcastic, you know, bitter kind of, you know what I mean? Kind of a protective laugh rather than like a true joyful giggle. My cackle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Right. I think you were angry. You had, I know in in one of your one-on-ones, you shared some of your story too, which I think is really important Mm -hmm. because for everybody who hasn't listened to your story, they should go back and listen to that, that podcast. Cause I don't want to like sort of reveal too much of your story, but (laughs) if people, you know what I mean? Like your story is as hard as it gets, right? There was, yeah. And I, I, you know, and again, like for listeners that are just, popping in or new, new to believe it, achieve it. Welcome. Welcome. (laughs) But so like, I guess like the gist of it is what got me to you was my boyfriend getting murdered and really falling into a severe depression, severe depression, which led me to you, which led me to realizing that it wasn't just that. I think that was the final straw or the final nail or whatever you want to call it. But that's what pushed me to my rock bottom to get to you. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Right. And so you were in the depth of grief, right? Mm -hmm. After the murder of your longtime live-in boyfriend, right? The, your kind of partner of partner in life. Mm Mm-hmm. 
tragic, unexpected murder. And it left, you know what I mean, that ended kind of the whole plan for the rest of of life a little bit and sort of mm-hmm. left you in a place of, of like trying to make sense and get through the trauma and trying to figure out now, now what? And also, um, I think also then stuck, I think what happens is right. There is something that happens in, in our present day that kind of throws us off, but then all of a sudden that piles on top of all of the pain and the losses and the dysfunction that has led up to it too. And so I think you had had, I think you came in a survivor, right? You came in a survivor. You had survived it. And I was just surviving each day. Right, right, barely. I wasn't living life. I was surviving each day. Surviving each day. And you that survival instinct, that got you through, you know, your first, whatever, 20 years of life. If you hadn't kicked that energy in of, I can, you know, I don't need anybody's help. I can handle it. I'm going to sort of cut myself off from my feelings. You needed that protective element. You needed that survival element to survive. The problem, and we, we all do, the problem is that then when we get out of the situation that we have to survive, we don't always then leave the protective mechanisms there. We tend to keep carrying them around like a coat And then that then starts to recreate those same patterns in our, that we were protecting ourselves in our childhood because we're still acting kind of the same way, right? We're still defended. And so not to cut you off, but just to kind of lay it up, I guess, lay it up, right? (laughs) Is, you know, I came to you for the grief that I was in, right? Not realizing what I was about to really impact. And that was my whole life. Like I even remember going, am I really just dealing with the fact that my parents divorced when I was right. 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 And you guys, you said that to me, right. Yeah. I remember you saying that to me. Yeah. And that's, and like, I can't tell you how many times I hear that in one way or the other. Right. Like, like, and with a divorce, I hear that so much because, because divorce is so common that it's just so minimized as normal, right? It's just so normalized. Well, everybody's parents divorce, right? Well, well you know, so th- their parents divorce. Why aren't they in therapy? Well, first of all, what I say is they probably are. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, don't est- underestimate how many people are going to therapy. Oh, but don't we go to therapy because of all the people in our lives that won't go to therapy? That don't go to therapy, right? <laughs> and then the second piece is that if they aren't going to therapy, they probably do need it, right? They need some kind of fix. Is that those things that happen, those early losses and disappointments and hurts change us. They Mm -hmm. change the way we see ourselves. They change the way we see the world. And it creates a fundamental shift where we go from the world is safe and I'm fantastic and powerful to the world is dangerous and I am awful and to blame and I'm powerless. Because yeah. that, I was fighting my whole life, which you right. helped me to realize that my whole life was in fight or flight. Right. I never had a secure. Right. Right. Interesting, right? Right. And so, so then when you have this explosive event, right, that brings you in, right? Because you had been kind of in bed for years when I met you. Two, two years. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that too. That's one of the things I remember about our first conversations is you being like, 
so this is really weird <laughs> because this really terrible thing happened like two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And you were, you were almost like a little embarrassed about it. You know what I mean? Like, it's weird that I'm just coming in now. And I remember saying to you, that doesn't surprise me at all. Right. Like it's very rare that people come in right, right when something happens, our brains and our bodies need time to process, right? Sometimes we just need some space from it where we're just not ready to dive in. And you were, and you were ready when you, that's the thing is that when you called me, you were. You it might were have been more like a year because I know that you helped me through the trial because we had a full murder oh, yeah, trial right. then to go through. And I remember, <laughs> I remember you telling me at the time that I needed to get into a group or some kind of a support system. Yeah. And I, you know, in traditional fight or flight mode, right? I can do this. I can do this. I can take care of myself. I've been, right. taking, care, I've been taking care of myself my whole life, you right. know? Um, right. And I remember saying to you, I'm not going to get in the freaking group. <laughs> I'm not going to go to a group. This is the craziest thing I've ever heard. And now I lead groups. Right. <laughs> right. You're in groups all day. So I love that you said that too, because I think another misconception that people have is that then some people who just change their lives around, that they just, that's, that's the yada, yada, yada. They you know what I mean? They call the therapist, they go in, whatever, they do the 12 sessions, the 112 sessions, whatever it is, and and then they're just they're just better, right? And, and that doesn't just, happen. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't it doesn't happen for anybody. And it's not expected. You know, I think I think I have clients coming in all the time, like apologizing or waiting to be like put in the corner because they didn't do the homework or you know they needed time off or something. I Every therapist gets that, right? Like, this is your journey, your process. You get to do it when, you know what I mean, on your time. And sometimes we need a break. And sometimes we're not ready for something. And that's okay. We, it's our job to kind of push you along the way and suggest what we think will work and sometimes to push a little harder on it. But it's up to, you have the power to decide what's going to work or what's not going to work. And so, right, there were a lot of things that I suggested that took took quite a while, right? You know what I mean? Cause we kind of, there was, there was that bright, you know what I mean? This is the, where you're doing this, the sections of the different, our different, the different podcasts, right? We're just talking about that very initial part. I mean, yes. This is our first. I don't, I don't feel like you were doing any kind of group in that first. I feel like that happened in that middle, in that middle section, right? Yeah. Cause the first was just really was the grief was healing from that trauma beginning to understand trauma and to understand that all those crazy things that happened had had impact on you. And they weren't things that were just needed to be just swept under the rug and minimized and that you were just being dramatic. And you know what I mean? You just needed to get over it. But those were things that that had had significant impact on you and were leading you in your current day to not be happy. Right. And to not be able to sleep, to have stomach aches, to not be able to get on a plane. Oh, my hair was falling out. I had acne. I mean, stress is real, people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I, I've said it many, many times. I mean, that was the stage in my life where literally I was led by fear, anger, and depression. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it would take everything I had just to drive to your office. Yeah, yeah. And for everybody who's in that place to give yourself credit for that, like that is enough, right? That there are days in everyone's process where getting out of bed is the gold star for the day, right? And then if you can get out of bed and get 
to therapy or get to talk to your friend or listen to a podcast or go for a walk, give yourself that gold star. There just are different phases and, and different needs and different processes. And your, your body and your mind know what you're ready for. And it's okay to allow them the time that they need to do it in the time that they need. So if you weren't ready for group at that point, I get it. I think at that initial stage of therapy was just the initial healing and starting to become aware that the way that you feel is not to be aware that you feel something even, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And that the way you go through your life and the way that you're feeling, the things that are happening are not just set in stone and outside of your control, that there's always something that's creating the feeling state and the behaviors that you're choosing each day, that those, it tends to be unconscious what is influencing those choices and those feelings, but there is something, it isn't just something that's sort of beyond your control. And it's just, well, this is how I am, right? I'm just, I hear people say that it's just how I am. I'm just sarcastic. I'm just negative. I just need more sleep than most people. I just, I'm just angry all the time. Right. I just don't want to wake up. Yeah. I I hated waking up. Right. I hated it. I literally hated waking up in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And my fear was crippling, as you know, crippling, like the fear of leaving my neighborhood was right. Was real. The fear of being out of Jacksonville Beach, (laughs) so we can leave it to that small, being outside of that, whoa, like really set in, but the fear was crippling. Right. And that that was real, right? And I think that's part of that first part of the process is giving yourself permission to A, recognize that, right? So I didn't know about like anxiety and panic attacks and all that. I literally was just living in fear. Right, right. And Anger, you just, yeah. Right. It's very easy here at the beach. Everybody who's a beach listener will know, well, I just don't cross the ditch. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> and that's fine. And that's great. And But when you really look, well, why don't you, you know what I mean? Why don't you? Right. And so, yes, certainly everything's here at the beach and everything. But a lot of times it's, well, because I get panic attacks when I go on a bridge. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know? know. yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, well. And that's fine. That's totally legitimate. But now we're starting to see reality. So now we can deal with it. It isn't just that I, I'm a beach guy and I don't cross the beach. I don't cross the ditch. I don't know. That wasn't it. Yeah. <laughs> said I have anxiety. Right. He said I have anxiety. And that's okay. Welcome. You know, me too. Like, welcome to, the, you know, reality. But so now that we're, so it's like, that was that initial process that time together was just becoming aware of wow I have anxiety like sometimes when I'm angry all the time it's because I'm anxious actually yeah right you know or because my stomach really hurts or because I'm disappointed or because I feel embarrassed or I feel on guard that somebody's gonna hurt me and so Mm -hmm. I just think you were in such a terrible place after such a traumatic traumatic event after a lifetime that was fairly traumatic. Right. Which was what I unpacked and discovered. Right. Right. That that was just getting you out of bed. Right. That was really, was getting you from really not just existing to Mm -hmm. kind of surviving, not really thriving yet. You know what I mean? But, you know, at least sort of going through the motions, leaving the house, talking to, you know, talking to people, starting to 
kind of come out of the, out of your shell. But yeah, all, all of a sudden, wow, my parents divorced. Wow. I had all this step parent and this step parent and, you know, these half siblings and these step siblings and the real sibling and, and, you know, all of, all of that stuff coming together. And then this happened and this happened in high school. And then this happened, you know what I mean? Like, Oh, and that trauma and that, and then all those things that, that the adults around us ignored yeah. or told us to ignore, right. Told us to not talk about it, told us to not be a baby, you know, um, told us not be so selfish, you know, told us they don't have time to deal with all that stuff that we've been stuffing down. It didn't go anywhere. It just got compressed into our bodies. And so now we have the acne and the stomach aches and the nervous system dysfunction because all of those traumas are just shoved in there. And so that was the beginning, like you said, unpack one thing and a concussion, this happened. And then I remember this and then this happened and this happened. kind of unpacking it. Wow. I never looking at it now with perspective and adult eyes and with like with a professional perspective too, to say, wait, how old were you? <laughs> you were alone and taking care. Wait, hold on a second. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, let's really think about that. Do you know anybody who's nine? Okay. When you think about them, would they be able to cook dinner and unlock the door and make plain reservations? Like, you know what I mean? Like those, the, oh, wow. Maybe not. Maybe that's why I felt so anxious. Maybe that was why I felt so bitter and alone. And like, I had to take care of everything myself. Maybe that's why it's hard for me to allow other people's to, people to take care of me. All like starting to draw those conclusions to heal from the trauma and to kind of begin to integrate as a little bit of a whole person. You know, because I can even go back to elementary school when my parents were divorcing because it was like not even talked about, you know what I mean? Like, and God love them. I think my parents did the best they could with what they knew at the time when they were in their twenties, you know, but I remember going to the clinic every single day with a stomachache. Right. And then my grades started slipping and then, you know what I mean? And, but nobody did anything. Right. Right. (laughs) Nobody did anything. And yeah, like I can remember, you know, my mom going out of town once and she had like a babysitter come to stay with us and I didn't get off the couch the entire time. Like, and now I think about that and I'm like, oh my God, like, hello, (laughs) somebody give this kid a hug. Right, right. Where are the adults, you know? And that's a great topic in therapy, right? Is that looking at your past and looking at the adults in your past and questioning the appropriateness of their response is not getting stuck in the past. It's not wallowing in the past. It's not blaming. It's not shaming, but it is like we said earlier, looking at the reality, right? Right. So that you can heal so that I can peel those layers of the onion off and ditch them. You didn't just have those stomach aches and the grades slipping and the inability to get off the couch out of nowhere, right? It didn't just happen out of nowhere. It happened because there were all these things that you weren't getting the support that you needed from the adults. And so when you don't do it, you sometimes your body steps in to say, hey, listen, you know what I mean? Listen, this girl needs help. And so you have to, if you don't bring the, the adult eyes to those things that happened in the past, you don't get it. You don't realize that was your life. That was normal to you. 
right? It was normal to be in charge at such a young age. It was, you know, it was normal to be the parent to an adult. And so does that mean that your parent, your parents were bad people? Not at all, right? They were doing the best that they could, but in the ways, and we can give tons of credit for all the ways that they did a good job. And we can notice the ways where they, you know, let the, where they weren't able to come through, you were left holding the trauma. So it isn't the pain or the trauma, little or big, that really causes the problem in life. It's the response or the lack of response from the people around us that caused the trauma to get stuck. And so, right, and I think that a lot of people that might even be going through this where they're like, oh, you know, my child, you know, I thought it was great, but, you know, <laughs> me getting a stomachache every day at school wasn't really normal, you know, but I had to realize that it was okay for me to love that girl. Yeah. You know, does that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I can now like give her a hug Right. Now, right? And I know that a lot of those experiences or things when we're that age kind of go into our subconscious, right? And then we're wired, our brains are wired right. for that right. survival, right? Yep. Right. For the mechanism, right? For the defense mechanisms, right? Right. So I that- didn't have someone to comfort me. I comforted myself. Right. And so, but however, right, when we don't have somebody to comfort us, we're not great at comforting ourselves, right? It hasn't been modeled for us and we haven't been given the permission. When somebody doesn't comfort us, it feels like it's weak or needy to need the comfort. And so then the defense that we put on, right, the defense mechanism that we put on like a cloak then becomes, I don't need anybody. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, that was, you know, that was me, right? Right. It's, I don't need anybody because then that way, if you don't need anybody, first of all, you're, it's because you've learned that needing somebody is shameful, but Mm -hmm. also you've also learned that needing somebody is scary. Mm -hmm. It makes you vulnerable and you could get let down and you're not doing that again. Mm -hmm. And so the problem with that is that we just don't compartmentalize well. We can't just say, okay, well, my mom has shown that she's not trustworthy in this way. So I'm going to stop expecting it from her, but I'm going to expect it from my teacher and my sister and my boyfriend. It's not like that. We just shut down completely. And then we just say, I'm not going to let anybody in. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where you were when you came in to me was just really was fearful and grieving and very closed off and shut down. Just protecting yourself. You had been, you'd spent a lifetime not being protected. And so you are protecting yourself. Right. And that's what, and I know you, I'm sure you remember me saying this, but you know, and I have the right to say this, God love Mike, rest his soul, but we didn't have the relationship of everyone's dreams, right? He was a narcissist. Right. Um, And it was, you know, we had, look, there was a bajillion great times, a million great times, but there were also some really toxic times that I allowed and I was okay with because that's all I knew. Yeah. 
Yeah. And because he did provide that protection that Prote- that's what I was that was my next thing is that he did protect me in every way, shape or form, except my heart. Right. <laughs> right, right, right. But he was the protector that I never, ever, 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 ever had until right. I was 23 right. years old. Yeah. Right. Right. And so you were so desperate for that protection that you, that you needed like every single, that's like, we all, like it's human need, humans need to be protected. Humans need to be approved of and to be loved, right? Failure to thrive babies are babies who stop growing, not that they've eaten, they've been changed. They're they're, You know what I mean? They're physically taken care of, but they don't have that connection. They're not being emotionally protected. They're not being seen and they literally stop growing. And it's the same thing for us. It's a human need. So you had that need to be protected. And since you didn't get it as a child, when you found it in him, that creates that trauma bond. And you were willing to tolerate all the rest of it to not lose that protection. And and he had the need to protect from whatever, you know what I mean, from his background. And so Mm -hmm. then that kept you, that kept you bonded. Yeah, yeah. Which was... And I know you you remember me saying this millions of times too, but he was my protector. He was my boyfriend. He was, he was all of it, you know? And so that was one of the things that was so hard for me. And I'm sure you remember is that I didn't have anyone that cared about me, that cared if I was home okay, if I was safe, if I was, you know what I mean? I, no one, no right. one. I mean, you have your friends, right? Those at that time in my life, I had those Fake friends, right? Right. 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 And a lot of that was me because I only wanted those fake friends because I didn't want a real friend that was going to tell me, get your ass out of bed. Right. Get your ass back to work. Get a life. Like, I can't even imagine looking at someone that I know and love and watching them in any kind of a state like that. Right. Right. But those were the people I surrounded myself with because that's all that I wanted. Right. Right. That right. Because remember you were defended, right. You were, you were protecting yourself. You didn't want, you know, to it's, it's scary and vulnerable to have real intimate relationships, people who really see the real you that gives them the power to judge you. It gives you the power to share your secrets with somebody else. It gives them the power to leave you after you've depended on them. Right. So it creates that vulnerability, which creates the beautiful friendship and the intimacy But if your early experience with vulnerability, depending on the adults in your life, led you to being disappointed and shamed and and let down, and the way you decided to deal with that was to just say, "Mm -mm, never again. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Just never again. If I'm not, if I just don't depend on anybody else, then nobody can hurt me again. And I get it, right? Especially from a child's perspective. I mean, it seems like it it makes a lot of sense. Uh The the problem is that that, that the depression that you came in with was the result of the emptiness of not having those connections. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A lifetime of it. Yeah, right. Well, 30 plus years of it. How old am I? Right. I feel like, yeah, <laughs> mid 30s. I feel like you you were when yeah, I Yeah, yeah. It was probably, yeah, mid, late 30s, yeah. 40. <laughs> Four. Yeah. Oh, God, because I'm going to be 50. Yeah, so I was 40. 41. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, so I guess like the point of this podcast is really to just let people know that 
I didn't float around on rainbows and, you know, have butterflies. <laughs> My dad says, has said to me, in a perfect world, <laughs> in my perfect world, I would wake up with Duke. I just had Duke at the time. And I would get on my unicorn and fly <laughs> around and just throw glitter on everyone, right? right. But that's not how it was at right. all. And there was no glitter in my life. Zero right. glitter. No. Zero no. unicorn. <laughs> horrified by the idea of that too right like that yes so embarrassing and silly yeah yeah and just naive. like I was I know I was very I'm sure it was different for you because I was the right I was your patient right am I a patient am I, whatever and uh, I'm sure you were probably you can laugh about it now, but you're probably like, okay, girl, like no let that wall down a little bit, but <laughs> but bit by bit, you know, we did pull those bricks down, right? Soften. I feel like I have completely softened. Now, yes. And this was just the start. So you guys, so you know, you hit your rock bottom, you find out, you know, what it is, or even you're not in your rock bottom, you're just depressed and you don't, right. you know. But you're just living, right? You're existing. I wasn't even really existing. I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at that point, not really outside of your house. Yeah. 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 Aside from going to the club with my friends at midnight. <laughs> and um, so, you know, I find you. I create a bond with you immediately and started unpacking the why was I at this point? You know, it wasn't just his death mm -hmm. that got me to that right. bad of a right. situation. Right. It was right. And then starting to figure out what that was. Right. And little by little, I, gosh, Jane, I don't even know. How hard was it to get me to even start to do any work? I mean, it started from day one, right? It was at your, it was just at your pace. Everybody's different. Like some people come in and they've got a list for me, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? And they're like, okay, this, this, and this. So, you know, some people it's a little bit more peeling the onion and it's a little bit more, well, where, who said that? Like, what, whose voice is that? And when did that happen? And wait, wh who is that? You know what I mean? And just kind of a little, like a little bit at a time, you just did it at your own, at your own pace when you were, when you were ready. Right. And just, but you always were making progress right? There were definitely times where maybe you didn't do the homework, which is true for everybody, right? Because you weren't ready, right? And as therapists, we value that. We know where the next step is for you, but you are the expert on you. You know what you're ready for and what you aren't. And so we can kind of put that carrot out in front of you and say, okay, well, this week wasn't the week. Maybe next week will be the week, right? I mean, um, there were some sessions I would come and with you, and I literally would cry the whole session. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's not, again, it's not the laughter and the roses and the, you know, no. it just, didn't just happen. I mean, I came to you, I think I came to you once a week for a while. For a while, yeah. There was a lot to cry about, right? You had a lot to grieve and to make sense of and to, and to finally accept all the things that you've been kind of like pushing away and minimizing and ignoring there was, you know, 40 years of that at that point. And so, and crying is good. Crying is, 
is healing and is real. And if, if your parents had got a divorce and you've been through multiple, multiple parents, and if there was, you know, infidelity and addiction and dysfunction and drama and all that stuff, all that pain, if you're not crying about it, there's a problem, right? Mm-hmm. You know, then it's stuck, still stuck. You have to find ways to release it. And crying is a really great way. Talking about it is, can be a great way. Writing about it, you know, all the different things that you do in, in therapy. But it took, a lo- it took a long time just to really start releasing and unpacking and healing and understanding all of those kind of childhood dynamics and everything. And I think that was really what the first phase was. There really yes. was, there wasn't anything about them like trying to get to the next level with gratitude or, you know what I mean? It was just trying to no, get we don't even spoke. Gra- so, right. like, so for our listeners, this is like my first step, my first process. This is where I was at my rock bottom in my world to finding, reaching out Right. That's the first step. That was the first step was making that phone call to you. The hardest step. And I may have hung up 45. uh, Who knows? (laughs) But, you know, I I took that first step and then it was all these little baby steps to even get to where our second our second episode of this unpacking or unveiling of Nicole. Right. That we will talk about in our our next one. But. Like gratitude, love. Joy, all of those words were not even in my vocabulary right. at this point. Right, right, right. Because it was just getting you from barely surviving to surviving. Like, I, I don't know that I would even really call it like quite living, right? I feel like that middle really got you to living. And then this last has gotten you to really kind of thriving, right? Yeah. But, but from to where you were barely surviving and just minute to minute and kind of really... um at the mercy of your unconscious programming Mm -hmm. to where you were at least aware that there is unconscious programming, right? You know what I mean? That, that, that there is cause and effect. There is an element of mindfulness that, that feelings and behaviors don't come out of nowhere. And that there was a lot of trauma, you know, there was a lot of trauma, what those traumas were, what those relationships were, what those dynamics were. So it was, you know, it was that, it was the awareness and that awareness gave you sort of the ability to get out of the house and kind of get back to life Mm -hmm. a little bit. And to be okay with accepting the fact that I was messed up, messed up. Yeah. Right. And that I think is huge too, because a lot of people don't want to admit it or let anyone know that they're a little messed up or that they had some shitty things happen in their childhood, their life or whatever. I think a lot of shame comes with that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I did a fantastic job of hiding it. I didn't hide it with you, but I know I hid it in my life. Right. I pushed, you know, those people away. And that's the, that's, I think the benefit of talking to a professional is at that beginning stage when you are really fragile and where being vulnerable, like the negative consequences of being vulnerable are so scary, you know what I mean? That, that you are likely not really ready to share that with people in your life who you can't count on to have a great reaction, right? You know, that- because there's, you know, that stigma, and I'm sure I've said it to you, it's like, well, they weren't really, they weren't technically married. Why is she so upset? Or her boyfriend died. What's the big deal? Like, get over it. But it's okay, right? Yeah. You know, I just want people to know, like, 
you know, don't be embarrassed. Don't be ashamed of, you know, your childhood or your teenage years or any of those things, but to really. Well, and for everybody listening, right. To think about that because, because people were minimizing your story, right. Mm -hmm. You know, you have a story like where somebody is like violently killed and they're minimizing the impact of that on you. Right. Well, because you, you know what I mean? Well, you weren't married. Like if you were married. Well, I wonder why I wasn't married. <laughs> I mean, right, like right. people can't wrap their head around that. The fact that I didn't want to be married. <laughs> right. 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 Well, if they, they saw the number of step parents that you had, but again, like all those things, all those things contribute. So if you're minimizing your own story, right. Just, you know, think about that. Cause I, I hear that all the time, right? Well, but you know what I mean? It shouldn't be bothering. Why does this bother me so much? Or shouldn't I, should be able to figure yes. this out on my own or, like, why should you? I don't know who decided that we should. Like, it, there's no science that shows that we should. We can't, right? We can't. Like, every single thing that hurts us actually hurts us. And every time that we have a disappointment or we have a need that's not met, that hurts us. And if we don't have the skills, and one of those skills is having people in our life with the ability to have perspective to help us figure out how to heal that, then we're not going to heal it. And now we're just going to be a mess, right? Well, we're just, <laughs> right? Which was, hello, I'm to call him 40 years old and I'm a fucking mess. <laughs> <laughs> right? We're just, yeah, and we're just, we're going to just unconsciously react all over. A lot of the react, the, when people, this is maybe a good thing for the listeners too. If somebody is minimizing your story or is shaming you for going to therapy, know that that is their own unconscious shaming right that that's their story that they learned that that they are minimizing their own story their own journey and their own pain they're not giving themselves permission to get the help that they need to admit that they have feelings and since they can't allow that for themselves because probably the adults in their life didn't give them permission to do it then they can't allow it for you or if they see you starting to allow it they feel so ashamed, right? It, it triggers that shame that they have in themselves because they grow up saying, you know, pull yourself up by your boots, bootstraps. Don't be a baby. Suck it up. My dad has said that to me a million times and I know I'm safe because he'll never listen to these <laughs> podcasts. But if he said it once, he said it a million times. Right. Get on your big girl pants. Pull girl your pants up. Yeah. Get in there. Get in there. Get in there. Right. We hear it all the time. Suck it up. Man up. All of those. And so when people, if they've been taught that and then they see you going out and saying, you know what, I think I need help and I'm, I'm going to allow myself to have that. Because I was never parented. Right. Never. Never. <laughs> I saw my dad, you know, it's a, three, four times a year. You know what I mean? Talk to him occasionally because he was busy. He was, you know, working and, right. and, you know, you don't realize that. I didn't even realize that. I never was parented. <laughs> Right. You were never parented, right? Your whole life. And you had to parent the adults, right? And so that, right, that created your story, which created a lot of resentment and feeling alone. And so then you carried that angry, fearful child inside you until you were 40 and you finally were ready to let her, to let her go and to give her the love that she needed. It was that. Duke of Douglas. That was Duchess, right? <laughs> 
<laughs> hey, it's a, lot, it's a live podcast, right? <laughs> She's saying, I'm here for you. <laughs> oh, my kid, my babies are here for me, yeah. right? Uh, <laughs> true, true love. So, so thank you, Janet, for making this easy for me. Good, I'm glad. <laughs> um, I, I told her I was, I was nervous and excited at the same time to, you know, really, Vulnerable. you know, because I, so the point of, of this, of this step one or this episode one or whatever we want to call it of who Nicole is and where I was and that, you know, I didn't have unicorns driving me around. There were no rainbows. There was none of that. (laughs) And then I started to learn the vocabulary of gratitude of love and all of that, which we'll get into in part two and just kind of talk about that. But you know, the beginning process is the hardest, the scariest, but that being said, and we'll get into that, right, in part two, until dot, 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 right? It's like a Netflix series. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to her next? But that, Janet and I will get into, you know, when I'm, I I then stepped into really incorporating what I had learned into my life, right? <laughs> right. By putting it into practice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And starting to live. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because now we all know, right? Right? That I live <laughs> with a smile on my face. And in my world, I do drive a unicorn and I do throw <laughs> glitter out the window and everybody. So, <laughs> you do. You so do. this was the girl that hated the word love. Glitter, disgusting, any of that stuff, girly right, stuff, love right. stuff, any of that. Right. You were very cynical and very jaded. Mm-hmm. Just like that, the little girl who was, you know, cynical and jaded because no one was parenting her because she was just on, she was on her own and that wasn't fair. And she felt like it wasn't fair and, and hidden inside her felt envious of the kids who were glitter and love. And so, you know, stepped into that cynical, I don't need that. That's ridiculous. Yes, I definitely right. was. Yes. Sort of persona to protect yourself. Yeah. Sure. Who wouldn't, you know? And so then, you know, at 40, you started the work of, of undoing that. Hmm. So then in, in our next episode, we're going to teach you guys all the magic tools. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. All the magic tools to, uh, to get you um, to living your best life. And I actually talked about that on my solo. I, you know, and on my, my lives on my believe it in my believe it achievement group. So thank you guys for listening and letting me be vulnerable. You know, this wasn't easy at all. Being vulnerable for everybody. <laughs> it really is going to help so many people. Yes. And thank people. you, Janet, for, for making this so I'm glad. Smooth. But what better person, right? You know it. You were there. You know, we laugh sometimes. I'm like, God, I wish I had a video. Yeah, right. Right? We wanted my brain scan. That's what. Yeah. Yeah. I can picture. I can picture it in the old (laughs) office in the corner by the window, you know. I always had my one seat. I wouldn't sit in any other seat. Right. That's how I was. Yeah. Everybody always has their seat, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. So thank you, Janet, as thank always. You. And you guys, stay tuned, right, for part two of, of uh, I don't know what we'll call this, like unpacking Nicole or yeah, uh, from the shit house. <laughs> from rags to riches, right? But not, and that's mentally, right? Like right. Not, not really 
Right. Finan- that has nothing to do with financial, but no. yeah, from rags to riches emotionally. <laughs> so thank you guys for listening. As always, make it an awesome, awesome, awesome freaking day and much, much love. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Believe It, Achieve It. If you enjoyed this episode and it brought you some value, please share it with a friend or subscribe, rate, and review it on your favorite podcast player. I love hearing from all of you, so please drop me a line at CoachNicoleWindley.com. That is CoachNicoleWindley, W-I-N-D-L-E-Y.com. Catch you next time. Much, much love.